This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and repents of evil. Jesus said, If any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Christ was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The reading, Calvary. The soldiers now had charge of Jesus, carrying his own cross. He went out of the city to a place called the Skull Hill, in Hebrew, Golgotha. As they led him away, they laid hold of Simeon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus, who was coming in from the country. On him they laid the cross, that he might bear it after Jesus. Following him was a great company of people, and of women who bewailed and lamented him. Jesus turned to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. The days are surely coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore, and the breasts that never gave suck. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. 
For if they do these things with a green tree, what will happen with a dry one? There were also two others, criminals, whom they led along to be put to death with him. When they came to the place called Golgotha, they gave him wine mingled with gall to drink. But when he tasted it, he would not drink it. It was the third hour, and there they crucified him. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The two criminals they also crucified with him, one on his right, the other on his left, with Jesus in the middle. The scripture was then fulfilled, which says, and he was numbered with the transgressors. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they cast lots to divide his clothes and decide what each should take. They made four parts, one for each soldier. There remained his tunic, which was without seam, woven in one piece from the top to the bottom. They said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it, to decide who shall have it. The scripture thus was fulfilled, which says, They divided my garments among them and cast lots for my clothing. These things the soldier did, and sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Over his head was put the charge against him. Pilate wrote the notice to be put on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. This title was read by many of the Jews, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near to the city. And it was written in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. The chief priests of the Jews then said to Pilate, You should not write, The King of the Jews. But this man said, I am the King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. The people stood by watching. Those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, Ah, you who would destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him to one another, saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, now come down from the cross that we may see and believe. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now, if he wants him. For he said, I am the Son of God. The soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him wine and saying, If you are the King of the Jews, save yourself. The thieves who were crucified with him also reviled him. And one of the criminals who hung there with him riled at him, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are getting what we deserved for what we have done. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Truly I say to, do, say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Near to the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom she loved standing near, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her into his own home. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
when some of them were standing there, heard it, they said, he is calling for Elijah. After this, Jesus knew that all things were accomplished. Fulfilling the scripture, he said, I thirst. There was a jar of wine standing there. One of them ran immediately to it to get a sponge. He filled it with wine, put it on a reed, held it up to his mouth, and gave it to him to drink. Others said, wait and see if Elijah will come and save him. When Jesus had received the wine, he cried with a loud voice, It is finished. Then he said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Having said this, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks split. The tombs broke open and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs, and after Jesus' resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion who stood facing him saw how he died, he said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. All the people who had gathered to see the sight, when they saw what had happened, turned away, beating their breasts. Those who had known him stood at a distance, as also the woman who had followed him from Galilee. Among them was Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the younger, and of Joseph and Salome, the mother of the sons of Zebedee. It was the day of the preparation before the Sabbath, and this was Passover Sabbath. Therefore, so that the bodies should not remain on the crosses during the Sabbath, the Jews asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies removed. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. One who saw it is our witness, and his testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth, that you also may believe. These things were done that Scripture should be fulfilled. Not one of his bones shall be broken. And again, another Scripture says, they shall look on him who they pierced. By this time, evening had come. A respected member of the council, Joseph of Arimathea, was one who was looking for the kingdom of God, a good and righteous man who had not consented to their purpose indeed. He was a disciple of Jesus secretly, for he feared the Jews. Now he took courage and went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate was astonished that he could be dead already. He called to the centurion and asked him whether Jesus was already dead. When he was assured by the centurion that it was so, Pilate granted Joseph the corpse and commanded that it be given over to him. Joseph bought fine linen and came and took the body of Jesus. Nicodemus came also, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pound weight. It was he who had first come to Jesus by night. They then took the body of Jesus and wrapped it in linen cloths with the spices, as in the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb where no one had ever been buried. Joseph laid the body in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out in the rock, and rolled a great stone to the door of the tomb and departed. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, were sitting there opposite the sepulcher and saw where he was laying. 
Then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. On the Sabbath day they rested according to the commandment. On the next day, the day after preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees went together to Pilate and said, Sir, we remember what that imposter said while he was still alive. After three days I will rise again. Therefore command that the sepulcher be made secure until the third day to stop his disciples from coming and stealing him and saying to the people, He has risen from the dead, and making the final deception worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard of soldiers. Go and make it as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He was delivered up to death. He was delivered for the sins of the people. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. He was delivered up to death. He was delivered for the sins of the people. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He was delivered up to death. He was delivered for the sins of the people. You shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Perhaps you have a cross at home, maybe even a crucifix. Perhaps you have gazed even upon our crucifix here in the sanctuary, and you've seen four letters written there on the top, I-N-R-I. These are the four letters in Latin of the following, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews, Jesus, Nazareth, Rex, 
Hudayon. The title, we're told, was read by many of the Jews for the place where Jesus was crucified was near to the city, and it was written not just in Latin, but in Hebrew and Greek. So question for you tonight. Are your eyes on Jesus? If so, he sure doesn't look like he knows what he's doing, does he? A king nailed to a tree? And what gall he must have. Hanging there on a tree, this so-called king, praying for forgiveness for everyone else? Everyone not nailed to a tree, not bleeding and dying? What kind of king does he think that he is? His kingdom consists now pretty much of just two subjects, one on his left and one on his right, one who has faith and one who does not. And they too, these two subjects, are nailed to trees. All the other subjects of this king have run away, said that they don't know this man. They are afraid, but not for him as a good subject would be, oh no, this king's subjects are afraid for themselves, looking out for their own good, self-proclaimed navel gazers, taking care of themselves and whatever they want. Those are the kind of subjects that this king has. And so, folks, if your eyes have been firmly fixed this Lenten season, your eyes on Jesus, this does not look like a kingdom that's going to go places. As a matter of fact, this looks like a dead-end kingdom, a dead-end king with dead-end subjects, a king that perhaps even does not know what he is doing, a soon-to-be-dead king. And maybe that's how you feel at home right now sheltering in place, sequestered in your houses. But appearances, appearances, they can be deceiving, yes. And does not Scripture warn us, us subjects of this king, that the great deceiver is at work? Revelation 12 verse 9 tells us, The great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. Who else was there with eyes upon Jesus? The deceiver, the devil. Satan was also there, watching intently as the Son of God hung upon the cross. That's right. The devil's eyes were on Jesus, and that same devil is here today, too, trying to convince you that Jesus has no real kingdom, that he is no real king, that he can't help you no matter what it is that you are dealing with, that this death of his upon the cross means diddly squat for you and your salvation. Because of this reality... Because of sin, death, and the devil, the unholy trinity, your king comes. And he endures all the taunts, all the jeers, all the scorn. For he knows exactly what he is doing. 
even though it may look otherwise. Revelation 12 continues. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. But they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives even unto death. Did you catch that? The salvation, the power, the kingdom of God, and the authority of Christ have come for you. For here at the cross, all of this together in the two-natured Jesus Christ, the man-God who is at work conquering the devil who seeks to deceive you, conquering your own sinful nature. Jesus does just that. Conquers these things as a king, your own sinful nature that questions Jesus' kingdom and that often rejects his very work, the word incarnate who conquers. And how does he do this? This king who is nailed to a tree? Scripture is quite clear over and over again. There can be no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. He conquers by his blood, his perfect, pure, unadulterated blood. And not the blood of mere man or beast, but the pristine blood of one who is holy, the blood of a true heir to the throne, the blood of a true king. And you see his kingdom. His kingdom comes through his blood, through his blood shed for you, for the forgiveness of your sins. His word, that testimony, absolving you of your sins, even through the mouths of your pastor. His word, coupled there in the font with water, washing you clean and coupling you with a king who has the power over death. And don't forget his body and blood. His body and blood and simple bread and wine gifted to you now into your very mouth in the Holy Supper. Oh, how you need his kingdom. Oh, how you need this king to pray for you and bleed for you, to die for you, and also to rise for you. Because we know not what we do. We gamble. We cast lots. We look away to find other gods and other saviors. We take our eyes off Jesus and focus instead on the the recent reports of infections and deaths, perhaps constantly checking our investments and our bank accounts. We worry, we fret, we fear with nary a thought for the one who promises to yet uplift and sustain us. But there he hangs, the one true king, And there he prays that through his bleeding and dying, the shedding of his blood, that his father would have mercy on you and on me. And he does. He does this for you. The Apostle Paul writes quite simply to the Corinthians. He made him to be sin 
who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We know not what we do, but Christ did and does. And he bestows his righteousness, the very power and authority of his kingdom upon you. And he is with you. You who have been redeemed and justified, think this day, for his eyes are upon you. His eyes of deep love, of compassion and concern. And thus through Jesus Christ, your Savior, thus through him, your bleeding, your dying, and even your rising again, is a promise of hope, promise of comfort, forgiveness, life, and salvation are yours. In the name of Jesus. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the gift of divine peace and of pardon with all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord, have have mercy. mercy. 
for the holy Christian church here and scattered throughout the world, and for the proclamation of the gospel and the calling of all to faith. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this nation, for our cities and communities, and for the common welfare of us all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather and for the fruitfulness of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who labor, for those whose work is difficult or dangerous, and for all who travel, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all those in need, for the hungry and homeless, for the widowed and orphaned, and for all those in prison, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick and dying, and for all those who care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Finally, for these and for all our needs of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, Christ have, have mercy. mercy. Lord, have mercy. O God, whose glory it is always to have mercy, be gracious to all who have gone astray from your ways and bring them again with penitent hearts and steadfast faith to embrace and hold fast the unchangeable truth of your word. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and take them to heart, that by the patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have graciously kept me this day, and I pray that you would forgive me all my sins where I have done wrong, and graciously keep me this night. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, 
bless and preserve you. Amen.